0: Rav shalom, everyone. Um, Okay. So I want to talk to you about something today, which is illustrated in our Besorah portion, and which is uh, instrumental to life, to any life of faith, I think, and one that we must wrestle with. And, And that is the issue of doubt. Now, here we are, we're coming upon, uh, in, we're in the month of Elul. And the month of Elul is significant in a lot of ways in Jewish tradition, because uh, on, it, the, uh, uh, on the first day of Elul, our tradition tells us that Moses went up to Mount Sinai for the third time to plead with God for the salvation of Israel. And the people sat... Waiting God's judgment which occurred on Yom Kippur. When he came down forty days later, he came down on the day of Yom Kippur with God's judgment. So one can only imagine that there was a lot of worry and doubt as to the verdict uh, that the people would receive from God when he got when Moses got back. And so doubt is always another side of the, of the coin of faith. Now, I know it's popular for us to think, well, if we have faith, then we would not doubt. But I think that's a fallacy. And if you say you never have any doubts, I'm going to you know, recommend a psychiatrist. Because uh, there's something either terribly right with you or terribly wrong. <laughs> you know, as I was reading this week's Torah portion and beyond, and uh, there are some very troubling things in portions of this text in Deuteronomy, like how we're supposed to deal with uh, uh, with people who go to war with us how we were to deal with the people in the land and there are all kinds of metaphorical issues involved in that I don't want to get into any of that only this that when you look at the plain meaning of the text it's disturbing Now, what am I supposed to do with that you know when I'm disturbed by what I read in the text I'll have you know right now I spent a week uh, reading a book called The Cost of Discipleship by uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer And believe me, there were very disturbing things in that book, too. Not in a bad way, but very challenging and difficult things for any believer to have to deal with. And so doubt, I must believe, is part of the life of faith. It happens, and we have to deal with it. I was reading a blog about this, and I uh, picked it up from this uh, website called spirithome.com. And I thought what the person had to say was right on, so let me share it with you. He says, you aren't able to refuse to have doubt. No matter how secure you are about your system of beliefs, your mode of thinking, your way of living, or your relationships, you will soon run smack up against its limits. The limits of your, of your knowing, there's more to know than you can hold in your mind the limits of all-knowing, there are mysteries that are bigger than mere knowledge. Wisdom is, in part, knowing when you don't don't or can't know. And there is contradiction in our understanding. We won't always be sure that in moments of one or the other choices, we we chose the right one. The more secure you are, the more whispers come through. Maybe it ain't so. Maybe you staked your life on nothing. Do you know what this phenomenon is called? It's called life. And we see a perfect example of it, actually, in uh, the Besauro portion, which I just read for you. Right? So in that Besauro portion right here from, from Luke chapter 24, we hear, the, we, we know the famous incident of doubting Thomas. That's where we get this phrase in, in the English language, by the way. Uh, doubting Thomas. Because Thomas, who was called the twin, was not uh, with the guys when Yeshua originally appeared. They spoke to him and they, they told him, the Messiah has come back. We saw him. ooh, it's cool. And yet it wasn't enough for him that his own friends, people he had known for years and, and tr- probably trusted with his very life, would say such a thing to him because it's impossible for somebody to come back from the dead. That's not possible. And then by the way, how many times have you heard that from people in your own circles who don't believe Many people contest the whole thing, the whole notion of Yeshua's rising from the dead. And even Paul the Apostle addresses it, and he says in one of his letters If Messiah Yeshua has not risen from the dead, I am the stupidest man who ever lived. Because I've given away my entire life for this. But blessed be the God in heaven because he has risen from the dead. He was sure because he too had seen the Messiah. But what do we do? We haven't seen him. Blessed is he who has not seen and yet believes, the Messiah says in this portion. Do we, too, need to put our hands in the wound? To touch him with our own, you know, is that the only way we can know if we measure it with our own eyes, our own five senses, as if they were the thing that decides reality? How many of you know what magicians make their living on? They make their living on deceiving those five senses, do they not? So clearly our five senses, no matter what we think we see, can be fooled. So then what? will make it better what can help my doubt as the man cries out lord help my unbelief and particularly as we go into this the the high holy days and through the month of elul and we're examining ourselves and we're wondering where do we stand with god and if you think you stand perfectly right read the cost of discipleship that'll straighten you right out We're so secure in our faith, and we're so secure in what we, you know, our salvation and everything that we believe. If that were true, we shouldn't be going through the month of Elul. We should just be throwing a party now. No, we should examine it. We have a merciful God. We can count on one thing. For sure, we can count on his mercy. But let's not count on it so much that we're willing to ignore ourselves in the process. And everything we are and do. What can we do to help ourselves as far as doubt is concerned? I want to go through a little por- another portion of the B- Basara, found in Mark, uh, chapter 9, where the disciples again encounter this issue of doubt. And maybe it will help us to understand our own doubt and what we can do about it. So the incident is this. It begins in the 14th verse of chapter 9 of Mark. And it says, when they came back to uh, to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them. Now, I should set the context for this. This is equivalent to when Messiah Yeshua sent his disciples out, empowered them with the power to heal and all that sort of thing, and had them preaching the gospel. And they went out two by two everywhere, and and now they were coming back. You remember that? I hope. It says, when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and some scribes were arguing with them. Immediately when the entire crowd saw him, Yeshua, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And it says, uh, one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought brought you my son, possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, he, it slams him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and stiffens out. I told your disciples to cast it out, and they could not do it. Okay. So remember what happened. Messiah Yeshua, uh, it, says, it tells us in uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, where it goes into a little bit more detail about this, it, tell, it tells us the Messiah gathered them around, and he commissioned them, And he empowered them, and he gave them an assignment to go out and cast out demons and do all these kinds of marvels and preach the gospel in his name. He told them. He gave them the power. They had seen everything that he had been doing. And now he was giving them the opportunity to emulate him, because after all, that's the job. The job is not for Messiah Yeshua to clean everything up. The job is for us to clean everything up in preparation for his coming. We failed to see that, so we sit on our tuchus and do nothing while the world falls apart. But they, you know, but they couldn't do it. What was the problem? Let's see what happens. He says, uh, Yeshua says, and he answered, then he said, oh, unbelieving generation, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Just bring him to me. It's one of the few times, I think, in the scriptures where we see Messiah Yeshua very frustrated. You know, there's not too many times when he sort of loses his cool. There are a couple. And this is one of those times. Eh, You know, it probably wasn't as uh, dramatic as I'm making it seem. But clearly, he was unhappy about the, what he what he saw, and so he's frustrated with them, and he's wondering, "Man, man, when is this job going to be over?" And being a congregational leader, I can I can have a smidge of an uh, understanding about that. You know, you say something ten thousand times, and well, I guess any parent knows that. <laughs> you know, tell them a thousand times, and you have to tell them a thousand and one. But Yeshua says to them, look, unbelieving. I want to talk about this word belief just for a moment. To help us understand that belief is, doesn't mean I, I intellectually assert something. You understand what I mean by that? Are you with me? That To say, okay, two and two is four. I believe two and two is four. Okay, well, if you know anything about math, you're probably right. If math is correct, how do we know that? It could be completely wrong. I know if I have two apples over here and two apples over here, and I look, it looks like four. Okay, that's one thing. (laughs) That's one thing, but... Really, the word that we're looking for here is trusting. Not believing. It's trusting in something. Trust, to me, is a different kind of word than belief because there's a certain absolute about belief, isn't there? It's either true or it's not true, something like that. You know, it's either right or it's wrong. And anyone who believes something believes it's right, right? while you can find somebody else who will look at the same set of facts and say, I don't believe that. See, so it just becomes this sort of intellectual argument. That's why it's really hard for me. I mean, Maybe you guys are better evangelists than I am, but, you know, I have a hard time with trying to convince somebody who doesn't believe something. They don't believe what I have to say. I'm really not all that interested in arguing with you about it. I'll tell you what I believe and why, and if it's okay with you, that we can end it there. I'll leave it up to the Holy Spirit to deal with the rest of the argument. You know, There are others whom God has given a greater gift in that respect than me. Go do it. I'm more interested in what we are willing to trust in. What are we willing to bet on? Can we trust God? And here I think... This is where Yeshua's anger, frustration, I should say, uh, stems from. It's sort of like him saying to his disciples, guys, don't you trust me? It's about you and me. It's about our relationship. We've known each other all this time. We've been through so much together. And I told you, go do this. And you didn't trust me. Same thing happened to Thomas that night. His best friends said we saw the Messiah. Oh no. What does he say? Unless I see the nail prints in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and put my hands on his side, I will never believe. I wonder how they felt about that. You know? Brother, what are you saying? You don't trust me? You don't trust our witness? If you don't trust our witness, who will? Who will? Who cares what they believe? You know, God doesn't care very much what we believe. He's only, he only cares what you're willing to trust him with. Do you trust him enough to do it? When we think about Torah and all the commandments in the Torah, it's not what we believe about them. The rabbis long ago knew that they couldn't, they looked at some of that stuff and said, man, that's beyond my ability to understand. I'm not even going to try and understand. That's chukim. That's chok. That's a chok. We don't know what it means. We don't know why. What do you mean we can't eat pork? What? But we trust him. So we don't. What's to believe? I don't, you know, if you ask me what I believe about pork, it's just another white meat. Isn't that what they tell us? That's all I know about it these days, though. Because I trust him. Not because I think, you know, he's got the FDA's approval. And this is what's going on here in this incident, too. Yeshua's frustration comes from the fact that we are unwilling to trust. Not that our beliefs are all straightened out and we got everything right, you know, we've got all ducks in a line. Are we, and that's your, the question for you, this Elul, are we willing to place our trust in God? The incident goes on. It says, in verse twenty, it says they brought the boy to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion, and flailing on the gro- and falling on the ground, he began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. And he asked his father, "How long has this been happening to him?" And he said, "From childhood." It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But If you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Take pity on us and help us. This is our plea. This is the true plea of our hearts, or should be the plea this month of Allah as we prepare for the, for the new year have pity and help us Interestingly enough in this in, in this particular incident though that's not those are not the operative words for yeshua in this particular case The operative word in this case was if you can do anything If you can do anything Yeshua it says in verse twenty-three, and Yeshua said to him, "If I can, if you can." I just imagine how that came out of his mouth. What does "if I can" mean? See, it goes back to what you believe—not what you believe, what you trust. Do you trust that God is on your side? I think this is one of the great uh, enemies of our faith. Not, will God do something? But does he care enough to do anything? And she was saying, what do you mean, if I can, of course I can. What you mean is, will I? That's what you mean, isn't it? Do I care enough to take care of your need when you need it? To see you through the difficulty when it comes? That's our problem. You know, if you've lived a life of faith for any length of time, you've seen many, many things, just like Thomas. If you haven't seen anything, you've been in the wrong place. Miracles that happen, just, you know, we call them these marvelous coincidences, but no, no, there's no such thing. All these wonderful things that happen, God's provision in miraculous ways that we never thought possible. The way our lives have unfolded, just like Thomas. He saw all those things. He saw Yeshua give sight to the blind, raise people from the dead, feed 5,000 people with a few loaves. What? He didn't have to believe anything. What he had to understand was, would Messiah do what he said he would do? And so Yeshua says, if you can, in answer to the man's prayer, He says, all things are possible to him who believes. There's our word again, believe. All things are possible to he or she who will trust. You know, there's the old story about the man who prays year after year after year that the Lord will allow him to win the lottery because by winning the lottery he will uh, be able to clear up all of his debts and provide for his family and year after year he never wins the lottery and finally one day he cries out to the Lord in prayer Lord why won't you let me win the lottery and God says you gotta buy a ticket you gotta trust me I'll do it I will will do it All things are possible for him who trusts. So, what can we do? We don't have to be afraid of our doubt. What we have to do is to trust the Lord, that he can do it. Maybe the disciples, in their zeal, you know, to heal this young person after they had healed maybe others, thought that the power came from them. Right? Sometimes that happens to us. You know, good things start happening, we start thinking we are the source of all this goodness. When in fact, it's always been God who is the source. And so long as we're trusting in him and not in our own power, we will do well. Just like the king who's ordered not to accumulate horses and military and money as if those things will protect him as king. No, but he is to write a Torah so that the word of God is always before his face. So he will learn to trust God and not horses, not money. Because I can tell you right now, if you read through the books of Samuel and Kings and Chronicles, not one king was saved by his money. all dead those who did not trust the Lord. So Messiah Yeshua says in verse, I'm sorry, in verse 24, the man hearing the voice, if you can all things are possible to him who believes. The man says and this is, should be your cry right now. He says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. I do trust you, but help me to trust you more. Help my ability to trust you, to to take the next step in my relationship with you, to go that extra mile, so that as the new year dawns, we're better than we were the year before. We're closer to Hashem than we were the year before. We're mightier than we were the year before. Because trust can move mountains if we will only believe. So, it goes on to say, when Yeshua saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and mute spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. After crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said he's dead. But Yeshua took him by the hand and raised him and he got up. There's where our trust needs to lie, that when we are, even when we are dead, even when it looks like it's all over, if we, have, if we trust in Messiah, it is he who will raise us up. Even when it looks grim, that's our only hope. And even if it takes us through death, it will be he who raises us up. And we have to trust that too. Because none of us gets out of this one alive anyway. Not yet. Not this world. Maybe the world to come. And we trust in that. And we can bank our lives on that. And we can live our lives out through that. You know, one of the things that's troubling me these days, by the way, Messiah Yeshua says one other thing, It says, when he came into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately, why couldn't we drive this one out? Yeshua said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. So we have to trust in the Lord and pray to him and, and make our offerings to him, petitioning him. That's the way we get through. That's where our trust comes from you don't pray, if you don't study, it's hard to have a relationship with Messiah, because he, his life, his very life, is embedded in those things, and that is the way we source them. So use those things. So there's one thing that has been troubling me lately, and that is, uh, you know, all this, uh, you know, panic over what's going on in the world today. You know, the market's falling down crazy and political nonsense going on all over the world and terrorism and just the breakdown of our culture. You know, all of those things that have been happening for 2,000 years, actually. If you think about it, if you're a student of history, you know a little bit about that. And we start doubting or, I don't know what, maybe it's not doubt, maybe it's something else that I'm not, I'm not fully understanding, but people get all out of, twisted out of shape. Maybe you're one of them. My suggestion to you is that you don't. Instead, what we need to do is to trust the Lord. That he will do what he says he will do. And that we need to just do what we're supposed to do until that time. That would be real faith. That would be real trust. Instead of getting ourselves all tied up in a knot and crazy and, you know, who knows doing what kind of crazy things people might do. I don't know. There's all kinds of nuts, nutty stuff going on. I know we need to trust him because he is trustworthy. Can I do it? Of course I can. And I will. He will do it. In fact, in the, let me end with this in Acts 1, 6, and 8, famous portion of Scripture. Messiah Yeshua had gathered his disciples together after his, uh, after his resurrection. Forty days after his resurrection, by the way. Significant, we told you Moses went up to the mountain 40 days, bringing the verdict of God back with him. And Israel was forgiven. Moses had secured the forgiveness of his people. And now Messiah Yeshua, 40 days later, is ascending to the throne of God. There to stand at the right hand of the Father. Securing our forgiveness if we trust in that and so it says when they had come together they were asking him saying Lord is, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom of Israel let's get this over with let's go he said to them it is not for you to know times or epochs which the father has fixed by his own authority But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. That's our work. And if we trust the Lord, we'll be about that, and not anything else. So as we enter Elul, let's learn to trust the Lord, not worrying about our doubts but trust him because he has demonstrated that he is trustworthy. Amen.